If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free and everyone loves free. Second, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which makes it very convenient. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Finally, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So take a moment to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us on a brand new episode of Beyond the Bookshelf. I'm so excited because I have someone here with me that I went to college with. I know I don't look that old, but I am that old. And um, her name is Alyssa Rochelle. She wrote, or she has a cookbook. For those of you that don't know me, I don't cook, but I do support all my friends and I buy their books and I have them on my show. And I'm so, so, so excited to have her here with me in the studio. And Alyssa, welcome. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I know, well, I, I do cook. And I, 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 well, I cook to survive. You know, like, uh-huh. <laughs> um, but gumbo, yeah. I have, you know, I didn't learn how to cook it until I did the documentary, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, let's talk about the documentary a little bit. All right, all right. Um, sorry. The documentary. For those that don't know, I, anybody that's been following me for a little bit of time, you probably knew that I went and I saw a documentary, was it a year, two years ago? It was a year and a half ago. Year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And it was so cool because I was there to support Alyssa, I was there to watch the documentary, and then I actually met somebody who knew my mom, which was- I didn't know that. Yeah. I happened to be sitting at a table with a gentleman, I forgot his name, but I happened to be sitting at a table with a gentleman who went to school with my mother and knew her. We talked. I talked to his wife. It was such a great moment for me. Right. And, um, but the documentary was amazing as well. So I don't cook, but I do eat gumbo. Mm-hmm. And my great-grandmother used to make gumbo when we were younger. Mm-hmm. I never watched her make it. I didn't really care about her. Mm-hmm making it I just cared about eating it when is it ready when is it ready mm-hmm. how long is it gonna take and it was really really good mm-hmm. so when you came out with this documentary I was like well that's cool because I didn't really realize there were so many different ways to make gumbo because I don't cook right. but can you talk to us a little bit about the documentary itself mm-hmm. and then how you came to write this cookbook so it pretty much started with sheer curiosity. So just like you, I grew up eating gumbo. My mm-hmm. mom, my grandmother made it. Um, my grandmother learned from a cookbook herself after she married, what she called a Frenchman. My grandfather's mm-hmm. from Louisiana. Grandma's from Texas. So she's like, I married a Frenchman, so I had to learn how to make gumbo. Um, and his family made gumbo as well. So like you, I was intimidated to mm-hmm. make it because it took forever. The roux itself could take 45 minutes to an hour. So I was yeah. like, I don't want to go there. So it started years ago. I was just wondering, okay, well, how do you make gumbo? I want my grandma to teach me and my husband wanted his uncle to teach him. So I want, kind of want us to be kind of like a family competition thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can videotape ourselves learning because I'm a filmmaker, so I want to videotape everything. And so then I started asking myself, well, do other people make it differently? And so Uncle Greg, who was in the documentary as well, mm-hmm. on my husband's side of the family, how does he make it? And then 
well, who started this gumbo? Like, where does it come from? Just general questions that you've never asked yourself from a dish that you grew up eating. Mm -hmm. And so I just went to Google, Google some things, learned a lot of things, and I said, I'm gonna do a documentary on this dish. And so I just quickly made a list of people on the interview, and that just spanned to like a two-year journey. So when you went on this journey, did, mm -hmm. did you travel? Like you had to go to where the, where the people were? I did, at the time we started the documentary, I was living in Georgia. Okay. actually and okay. so one of the people I wanted to interview was in LA but he just so happened to be in Atlanta which mm -hmm. is where we were living I interviewed him I actually went to South Carolina interviewed um, a chef in the Gullah Geechee culture about okra soup went to New Orleans I went to New Iberia Lafayette Louisiana came to Houston because mm -hmm. I'm from here interviewed people from Puerto Arthur who lived here um, a lot of people that I interviewed in New Orleans are not even from there they're from outskirts mm -hmm. So like Sunset or Baton Rouge, mm -hmm. et cetera, in Louisiana. So those are the places that I traveled. So what, like, did you did you have to pay for all this yourself? Did you come out of pocket to travel, to go and meet mm -hmm. these people? You did? Yes, I How did. did that work? You know what, I think whenever people ask about the budget, particularly at film festivals, uh -huh. you get to ask filmmakers question and answer sessions after their films. And so yeah. one of the questions I would get is, what is the budget? And I would tell the budget. And people would be like, wow, really? I'm like, oh, it looks that good. Like, you thought it was, like, a lot more? Um, I think that's part of the reason why it took two years. I mean, on top of scheduling people mm -hmm. who were really busy, but then just funding it. So I was a, mm -hmm. a freelance writer at the time, so a lot of the money went towards that. Gotcha. Yeah, and you had family support, yeah. husband support, mama support. So it was, like, last-minute flights that were mm -hmm. pretty expensive, especially mm -hmm. to catch um, Mrs. Leah Chase. You know, I was on her schedule. So when mm -hmm. she said yes, I was like, okay, I gotta go next week. Well, that's gonna be an expensive flight, but I mean, it's worth it, right, mm -hmm. to capture her. So yeah, flights were part of it. And then hiring crew in different areas was the least expensive thing to do instead of having, you know, a cameraman and sound go with oh. me everywhere. See, I thought you just had like your team of people would just go with you wherever yeah. you were. So you had different people in different spots. I did. I had my Louisiana crew. So uh -huh. we like would drive from New Orleans. They live in New Orleans to um, New Iberia to um, Baton Rouge. And then I had somebody in South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And then I had um, Atlanta. And then I have Houston. Wow. Yeah. Um, so it took you two years mm -hmm. to do the whole thing. How long did it take you to actually put it together? And when I mean put it together, I mean like, you know, you have all the video footage and you mm -hmm. have all the stuff. How long did it take you to actually package it so when I saw it, it looks like a documentary that ran for, was it an hour and a half, two hours? Oh, 48 minutes. 48 minutes. Yes. How long did it take you to, to, to put it all together? So from the first interview to being done was mm -hmm. full two years. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started submitting to film festivals. <clears throat> so the actual interview process, I mean, to cut down on the budget, you mm -hmm. know, I was transcribing everything myself. Uh-huh, yeah. Really? Not, yes, we'll not do that again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I did that, uh -huh. that took time consuming. I did all the editing. Um, I didn't do animation and graphics, I had a great, graphics person who did that but mm -hmm. I mean as far as just the basic editing I did that as well but I cut down on the cost so that's why mm -hmm. it wasn't as expensive to make mm -hmm. so that took time though mm -hmm. right so mm -hmm. what did you edit in like what program premiere Adobe oh premiere. you did mm -hmm. okay that's awesome yeah. Yeah. because I taught yeah. I mean I used to be a teacher and I used yeah. to teach animation and so I taught from the Adobe 
sweet because they had like a at the time they had Adobe Animate, and then mm. part like when I start when I started doing this show at first, yeah. the intro to this show and the outro to this show was actually done in Premiere, and I had my students help me with it while we were in animation class. Yeah, and we did it in Premiere, but and I, I work with some of my kids who like when they were in school, they were also in like. Um, I forgot the class it was called it's like it's a media class where it teaches them how to use like production tools yeah and they would do different like short films in premiere but mm -hmm. I didn't really know that a full-fledged documentary could be done using the same type of software yeah, that's absolutely. really cool absolutely okay. I mean of course it depends on your you know the laptop or the computer that you have that can actually handle that yeah software yeah so I went through that mm -hmm. also in the very beginning I had this little laptop I didn't know mm -hmm. so I'm like editing the trailer before it was even done mm -hmm. and it was taking forever just to get through like a 60 second trailer and I was mm -hmm. like oh I need a new computer mm -hmm. so you learn things on the way but yeah little stuff like that you're like okay yeah so after you wrote or after you did the documentary mm -hmm. how long did it take you to do the cookbook after the documentary like what was the time frame so first of all the goal was to actually have the book out when the film came out okay. supposed to be a package deal mm -hmm. and I was like oh this would be great and then I realized oh I don't have time mm -hmm. to do all of that mm -hmm. and so I was like well once the film's done um, I'm not really gonna do the book so it really wasn't gonna happen mm -hmm. so then um, one of the first film festivals I went to in LA one of the questions and answers woman was like oh so you're gonna have a cookbook right and I was like well I don't know and someone else asked and I was like ah that's confirmation. Okay, fine. I was like, all right, I guess I have to do it. Mm -hmm. Then someone else asked two months later. So from the time, maybe almost two years again. Mm -hmm. So I actually started, like for real started doing it during the pandemic. Okay. Yeah. And so one of the, the reasons why I, th I feel like I was procrastinating on that is because I didn't know anything about recipes. Mm -hmm. I could follow a recipe. I could read mm -hmm. one. I can cook from a recipe, but creating a recipe, have no idea. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of work, so mm -hmm. hats off to any other cookbook out there. But I mean, the goal was to have, you know, people from the film, mm -hmm. recipes, and the book. And the challenging part is most people who cook, especially if it's gumbo, they don't have anything written down. Mm -hmm. I mean, why would you? You know, just literally this pinch of that and you just mm -hmm. taste it, and you keep going if you want some more, put stuff in there. And yeah. so that's how I have learned to cook gumbo too. Right. And so I was fortunate to have some people who donated their recipes, mm -hmm. already had it in like a format. Cool. All right. And then there are other people who were like, oh, well, here's the ingredients. Or like I went to the footage and I uh -huh. said, you know, I know you're busy, so let me just like jot all these ingredients down that I see on film, mm -hmm. give it to you to approve. And then they were like, yeah, it works, da -da, this to change this, add this, da -da, cool, put it in the format, and then just roll with it. Yeah, so can we talk a little bit about how the book came to be? Because, because <laughs> I like books and mm -hmm. I work with authors. And yeah. I'll tell you, at this point in my life, I've kind of morphed a couple different times over. Right, but right. at this point in my life, I work directly with authors all the time. Right. And then I have I help authors actually self go through the self-publishing process, Got it. which is a lot mm -hmm. and I can only imagine mm -hmm. what that's like if you're doing a cookbook that has illustrations yes because guys her cookbook is it's it's recipes but there are also illustrations 
that original. original illustrations mm -hmm. that go along with not necessarily the recipes, but mm -hmm. they kind of help. What's the word I want to say? They kind of help bring the book more not to life because you can have like a regular cookbook that's right. just full of just recipes, page after page after page. Right. But in her cookbook, you have the illustrations that help you really get the visual absolutely for what's going on. Absolutely. So what was that process like? That's another reason why I wasn't pursuing the book at first. I'm not going to lie to you. I had no idea, right? So like, as a filmmaker, I'm like, I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to hone my skill as a filmmaker. I need to yeah. da, 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 da. Then it's like a cookbook. Like, I'm not a yeah. chef. I'm not. Like, you know, I mean, maybe I'll write a book one day. My mom always said, you know, I know you have a book in you. And I don't think she meant this. I'm thinking she means like a mm -hmm. memoir one day. Mm -hmm. um, but clearly, you know, the Lord has other plans. So um, on top of getting recipes from people, um, formatting them, getting stories or paragraphs to go with each one, people's experiences. I actually was fortunate enough to go back to my illustrator mm -hmm. who actually did the graphics for the documentary. She's such a great person to work with. Mm -hmm. And she's in New York, so I said, hey, this is what I'm doing. You know, do you draw? <laughs> she was like, mm -hmm. no, but I know someone who does. Mm -hmm. She was like, but I can help you with the layout if you need me to. I was like, mm -hmm. yep, need that too. So she actually did the design of the book, but her friend, who's um, an Ill illustrator, actually drew everything by hand. On First, paper? On paper, I'm sorry. That was an option, paper or Photoshop. I think she used Photoshop. Yeah. Uh -huh. But she did Photoshop for the book. Yeah. Yeah, but everything is, I just sent her what I liked, options, hey, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Got her opinion on things, and then she just kind of rocked it out. Yeah. So all the illustrations there are, um, original and even mm -hmm. the cover I gave her that's what is on the movie poster mm -hmm. she actually redrew that so it can match and even the logo she redrew that to match right. the look of everything yeah yeah and I wanted to touch on that a little bit because I know that sometimes when I talk to authors or when I talk to people who really don't know how illustrations work mm -hmm. they'll say oh I hired this illustrator and you know they told me I paid for them to do it and they gave me everything on paper and I'm like, okay, that's cool. Right. But you do realize that when you have to go and have this book actually printed, you need all those illustrations to be digital because that's the only way you can really get them in the book. And people are like, but I paid the illustrator to draw it on paper. And I'm like, yeah, you did. But there's also like a digital version of that. Oh. Because I, because I think that sometimes people don't realize that, like when somebody does, when somebody hand draws anything, mm -hmm. you know, it's on that piece of paper. Right. It lives there. You mm -hmm. can try to scan that into a computer and kind of pull it that way, but unless they actually use some type of tool like Photoshop, Illustrator, or something like that, mm -hmm. you're not getting the fullness of that image because it's not a digital version exactly. of it. And I think that a lot of times. People don't really understand that's how that part works. No. So if you, <laughs> I, I say this because, you know, yeah. obviously you like doing stuff for clients, whether yeah. anything, editing or video production, people don't really know the behind the scenes and how uh -huh. much work it is. And yeah. um, I don't even think about that. I mean, I think when we, when we talked about her hand drawing, the mm -hmm. conversation of scanning did pop up because mm -hmm. our, uh, my designer, I was like, what's the word? Boom, designed by a designer. Was like, oh, she's going to have to scan it at this res. Da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, whoa, that sounds like a lot of work. 
mm -hmm. um, which of course would be more expensive mainly because she was hand drawing. I mm -hmm. think that would have been the more expensive part. Right. So just going straight off of Photoshop, you know, to me it looks it looks very similar to like yeah. being hand drawn. So just a lot easier that yeah. way. Yeah. 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 And I just and I'm, the only reason why I say that is just because. I don't get a lot of questions about it, but sometimes I'll be in like these book groups or like author groups and it mm -hmm. comes up a lot. Really? Uh-huh. Because people, especially with children's books, because those usually mm -hmm. are done with an illustrator because they draw all the stuff yeah. and they don't always know that, you know, when you hire an illustrator, you have to really understand what you're hiring them for because if they do everything by on paper and then you need it digital, you're like, Oh no, but I paid you to do it on paper. And they're like, oh yeah, you did, but you you also have to like make this a digital version. So you were able to use her scans? She scanned it? Oh no, this is just straight up digital. Okay, so the whole she thing. She didn't draw by hand. Exactly. Whole thing. Okay. Yeah, so in your case, or the other author's case, they would have to scan or they would have to redraw mm -hmm. on the computer. Mm -hmm. They'd have oh, to redraw. No. That's yeah. Good. And then it's because <laughs> others would be like, no, 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 but I paid you to draw on paper. No, it's redrawing. No, no, no. It's totally different. <laughs> it's very different. Oh, that's horrible. Okay, yeah. 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 It's a, and it's a, it, it was a thing. And it was like, <clears throat> I remember having this conversation with somebody on a Sunday, and it kind of just took most of the day because they didn't really know. And somebody had asked the question, and they didn't really know. And I'm like, oh, no, that's a whole different part of the process. And they were like, but wait. That's not what I, that's not what I signed up for. So I, I, I wonder if it's a, I'm learning this in general to yeah. actually be very, you know, fully transparent with the person that you're working mm -hmm. with. Like, this is my goal. How can I get there? Yeah. So then they can help you. Yeah. And so with that help, the, uh, the authors at the back end say, illustrator, I want to be a book that I want to actually print out. Yes. What's the best way to get here? Right. And I think that that's the question that they don't ask. They just say, oh, can you do the, can you draw this picture? Can you draw these pictures oh, for yeah. me? And then yeah. they're like, yeah, of course, I can draw right. it. Right. And then, and then they think they're done until they realize, oh, no. you know, I had a different version of it's it. It's better to have the whole full scope of what you want and then yeah. I can know how I can help you best. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to ask just because some people didn't know and I wanted to be like, that's okay. That's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. Um, the other thing I want to talk to you about is, actually, did you have a book release for this? Or, mm. and the reason why I say that is because some people that have like brand new books, they go on like, not necessarily a book tour, but they'll be like, if, if they're in Houston, they'll ha set up shop at some place and do an author signing and all that kind of stuff. And then when you did it in the pandemic, mm -hmm. it changed and a lot of people started doing some version of that virtually. Did you do that? No. No? Um, didn't even think about that. And so, and that, yeah, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, that sounds cool. Didn't do it. Okay, so if there were no pandemic, then uh -huh. having a, you know, an event yeah. as such the one that we had, as we plan on having more, mm -hmm. but then this happened, Having the books there to sell, absolutely. You know, we had this whole idea before the pandemic. Uh, virtually, I never even thought about it. I don't even know how that would work. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'll be interested in that as well. But I mean, once the world opens up safely, we mm -hmm. definitely plan on having events and pushing it harder yeah. in that way. But um, yeah, right now it's just selling through me because mm -hmm. I have copies at the house and then there's online. Mm -hmm. And that also we had to learn too. You know, learning so, I mean, I didn't know anything, mm -hmm. right? So once it was done, even before that, I remember uh, contacting 
my designer and, and she was asking me all these questions. I was like, I don't know. Like she was asking about specs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know what, you know, what book, like what, this is the size I think I want. Like I was looking at the Obama book we have in mm-hmm. a living room. I was like, I want that size. Mm-hmm. And then the place I went to, I'm not sure if we're gonna name drop, doesn't matter, mm-hmm. Ingram Spark. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they don't have that size. So right. I was like, all right, this works. <laughs> and then you can't do it landscapes. So I was like, all mm-hmm. right, this works. <laughs> but even knowing all that, and then we had an original deadline. I wanted to have it come out on National Gumbo Day, which is October 12th. I didn't know that. Yes. I wanted to always do something every year for mm-hmm. it. And I think I called her like August 20th. <laughs> she was like, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, no, that's not going to work. Because um, mm-hmm. I didn't even solidify a publisher. Because mm-hmm. I didn't have all the answers until yeah. I went to Ingram Spark and have everything. And then now she's like, okay, we can get to work mm-hmm. on it. So, I mean, yeah, I was just like, let's do it and go. I think I approached it like I would some of my projects. I was just going to ask that you that. That is not the way it's I different. should have done that. It's a different process <laughs> yeah. because you're a filmmaker. So your mm-hmm. process is... Um, your process, I would imagine, involves other people because you need other people to do other parts, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. But when it comes to doing the book, the the process is different. It, it can involve people. It could just involve you, depending on how you did it. But the writing process, the editing process, the publishing process, the marketing process, all those things, you know, it's a, and it's a lot of things. Because I know that when I talk to authors a lot of times, they're like, okay, I know I want to self-publish this book, but I don't know... Like, I don't know, I don't know what I don't know. So I don't know where to start, I don't know what to do, I don't know how to handle it, how how much does it cost, all those things. Mm -hmm. So I would imagine from your lens of being a filmmaker to now being an author is a little bit different just because the project, you know, itself is different. I have a friend who has a book consultant because her Mm -hmm. book came out and I was like, oh, they do, they have those? Mm -hmm. I did not know. Um, (laughs) Yeah. That would have been helpful. Um, Yeah. Because my book was already out. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just are thrusted into, uh-huh. you know. The process. Yeah. yeah. But it was cool to know. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I did it. Because like I say, every project I work on is bigger than me. Mm-hmm. This was bigger than me. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to feel like people want the book more than the movie. I'm like, all right, that's cool. Because, uh, but, but you know, because they can, <laughs> co- they can cook from it. Absolutely. And I, lo- I laugh at it. I think it's great. Yeah. I love that. Uh-huh. You know, because... Um, I think it's, you know, it's not like hundreds of recipes in there, but it ha- it's a great variety. I mean, there's even like two pages dedicated to roux because that is the most important part. And so the pictures are nice. It has a little table, coffee table, mm-hmm. you know, book. So I enjoy Do you think you'll write another book? On food? <laughs> on anything. <laughs> like, no, not on food. Uh, maybe one day. Yeah. That would be cool. It would it would be cool, and I because I I think I think that you could write, and this is just my idea. Mm-hmm. I think that you could write a book on how people could, you know, how you became a filmmaker, because I think mm-hmm. that would be really really cool. Because when we were in college, we went to the University of Texas at Austin. When we were in college, did you know that you wanted to be a filmmaker? Is that what, like, when you graduated, is that what you thought you were going to uh, be doing? I went middle school. That you school. knew that early? Oh, yeah. I wanted to be the next Spike Lee. But then I also loved journalism. You know, I don't know if you remember, my major was broadcast journalism. That makes sense. So, yeah. I was, I, was, I wanted to be a White House correspondent as well. Uh huh. And a filmmaker. <laughs> so. <laughs> 
no. Like sometimes I'm still looking at April Ryan like, ah, oh, I wanted to do what April Ryan does. Uh-huh. Um, but I still love filmmaking, yeah. so I'm good. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, I always knew. Right? Direct, mm-hmm. produce. Mm-hmm. At one point I wanted to be in it, like Spike, and I was like, oh, I don't need to be in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm just gonna stay back here. Yeah. But yeah. That's cool. Because like when I graduated college, I didn't know what I was gonna do. I didn't have like my path <laughs> wasn't that clear. My path didn't really become clear until like a couple of months ago. Um, because I've had a couple of different paths. So oh, I think mine wasn't clear either. Yeah, I've just, taken yeah. a couple of different sure. trips around the of course. circle block. But I think it's very cool that you had an inkling or you had a knowing, mm-hmm. you know, at a very younger age that that's what you wanted to do. And you said in middle school, is that right? Yeah. It's it's one of the things where you kind of know what you should be doing, but uh-huh. you run away from it. Yeah. I for sure was trying to run away from it. Because I was going to ask you, when you were in middle school, did they have any like classes that you could have taken on that? In high school, okay. we, I was doing um, broadcast. Okay. So we had the announcements, but on TV. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I got to do more of that there. So mm-hmm. by the time I got to UT, I already had like a resume tape. Oh, Before I got to UT. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so, did NV, uh, what's it? I just Ooh. lost it. Our student station at UT. Oh, I don't remember. I do. <laughs> no, you probably don't. Like, nobody ever knew. My <laughs> friends, remember. people watched it because I did it. They didn't really yeah. care. But yeah, I worked at the station there. Really? At UT, the student I station. I didn't know that. Yeah. I did live spots and everything. Yeah. Where was I? I knew what I was doing. I was doing some other <laughs> stuff. No, nobody was. I'm not saying nobody was watching, but you know. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. I think I that's so cool because when when I got to UT, I I tried to work for the Daily Texan, which is oh. the newspaper. Yeah. And I had an opportunity to do it and then I ran away from it because I figured You would have been there till two in the morning. Every exactly. Day. And I didn't want to do was that. Because I felt like it was gonna be too much work. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, no. And I didn't yep. I kinda left that where it was and then I found my I found my way back into journalism to a degree. Yeah. Um, as a teacher because I ended up doing your book. Mm-hmm. But I just, you know, I, I knew I loved books and reading and writing and talking and interviewing and stuff like that, but I didn't know how to kind of put it all together. together. Uh, and so now I think I find my, I found my sweet spot, and I'm kind of oh good working within that. But you know, I wanted to ask you uh, before we start wrapping is, um, have you ever had an opportunity to meet Spike Lee? No, but you know he came to UT. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what was that? So he came from some speaker um, series. Really? Yeah. I don't remember that. I don't even know what it was for. And then it was like, you know, an auditorium full of, who knows, 500 people. I do remember this. Yeah. I do remember this. It was a big deal. And so it was me, ah, two of the other friends. We took a picture with him. Okay. I don't know for the life of me who has it. Because I remember thinking about years ago, ah, I took a picture with him. So I never got a chance to talk to him, but uh-huh. it was, took a picture. He said yes, took a picture, and that was it. Yeah. But never had a chance to meet him, no. Not yet. I forgot about that. Yeah. Was that the same time? Do you remember Johnny Cochran coming to UT? I didn't see him. See, I took a picture. I, me and my group of friends, we saw him, we took a picture, and I found that picture. It was amazing. But the reason why I asked you if you had an opportunity to meet Spike Lee is because when I was working at HCC, he, like for 
Black History Month, they used to do some kind of major speaker, mm-hmm. and they got him. Did they? They did. They got him, and I thought he was really, really great. I couldn't. I didn't have an opportunity to meet him, but, you heard him but speak. I heard him speak, he and he good. was amazing. He is good. He was really good. Yeah. Um, Alyssa. So I'm gonna do the same thing I did to my other guests like earlier this week. I cannot believe that almost half an hour has already passed, and um, the time went by so fast. It did. And I wanted to ask you, before we officially wrap, mm-hmm. how could people support you in, in the, the stuff that you're doing? Actually, before I ask you that, what, if you can tell us, mm-hmm. what are you working on now? So, not a book, um, but <laughs> we shot a short film in November, so I'm working on post-production for that. Okay, so that's cool. hopefully that'll be out late summer. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. It's taking a while, but yeah. That's good. Yeah. I'm, you shot it in Houston? We did. And actually, um, November, of course, it was before vaccines. Everyone got tested, cast crew, mm-hmm. tight, you know, mm-hmm. masks, shields, hand sanitizer, mm-hmm. temperature checks, the nurse, and... Mm-hmm the foot covers and I mean everyone was super safe um, everything everyone was well and we just it was just learning a big learning experience yeah. trying to shoot under those circumstances but yeah. yeah so now we're doing post-production and that's cool yeah how long is do you think the po- well I guess you can it's gonna take a few months post-production yes um, and that varies per film yeah I mean this time is my first time working with, um, it's not my first time with Gumbo, I had uh, a local producer here who's mm-hmm. awesome that created original beats. And then mm-hmm. I had PJ Morton that lent his mm-hmm. music. Now I have like, I call him my, my music supervisor, mm-hmm. but um, I have a composer that I'm working with and I have mm-hmm. um, engineer, yeah. That's cool. Uh, woman out here, black woman out here is dope. Um, sound engineer is gonna put the sound together. Yeah. And I have a friend in Atlanta who's helping me tighten up some of the edits, so there's uh-huh. different hands in the post-production this time, gotcha. which is really good, because that's yeah. pretty much where the film is made, is yeah. in post. Yeah. So, yeah, taking our time with that. Gotcha, as you should, as mm-hmm. you should. So now, where can people find you? Uh, do you want to speak to you or the camera? Either, either one. Okay. People can find me at <laughs> <laughs> AlyssaRochelle.com, uh, the book, Gumbo Movie, dot com. You can find it at Amazon. <laughs> Barnes and Noble, Walmart. <laughs> I'm like QVC. You can have it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Instagram, Gumbo Movie. Mm-hmm. For me, it's the Alyssa Rochelle. Twitter, it's filmmaker Alyssa. And at Gumbo Movie for Twitter as well. Okay. Well, yeah. it's been good having you here. Thank you. I'm so excited much. that you came to see. Thank you with for me. having me. You're welcome. And guys, we will be back uh, with a new author probably like within the next week or so. But thank you so mm-hmm. go- thank you so much for watching and or listening cuz some of you still listen to the podcast in audio form and I appreciate mm-hmm. you. Thank you so much for having me and thank you so much for staying with me through all the craziness. The pandemic is almost over so I'm going to have more guests with me here on the couch and remotely. So I will talk to you guys later. Thank you so much. Bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs>